Hello everyone and welcome to the Be Light, Shine Bright podcast. My name is Pakala Kiara and I'll be your host. Here we discuss life and how the different facets of it can influence our mental health. We will talk about therapy, interventions, mental health and life experiences. Remember, if you like it, feel free to give us a share and invite your friends and loved ones to listen. This is part two of volume three conversations about ASD with Johnny Chiara. Okay, the next thing I want to talk about is um, demand avoidance. And I kind of delved into it just then when I said, you know, sometimes you'll avoid things and you, you um, most ASD people are known for being quite rigid. Um, this is because you, you're trying to decrease the likelihood of you experiencing demand avoidance, which is not wanting to do things you kind of have to do. Um, and so it's quite common for most autistic people and even neurotypical people um, to experience a bit of demand avoidance. But when you're experiencing a lot of demand avoidance, it can become pathological, which is like a subtype of ASD. And it's quite, um, I want to say recent, that it's been like written up about in the uh, literature on ASD. So you may not have heard of it before and you may have been misdiagnosed if you are an individual with ASD and as a child you may have been diagnosed with ODD which is quite similar but there are different um, aspects of uh, PDA which is pathological demand avoidance and ODD which is oppositional defiance disorder so PDA um, so I'll talk about demand avoidance first so there are different types of demand avoidance. You can have anxiety-driven demand avoidance, which is like everyone avoids things that they're scared of. Uh, but ASD people are more prone to this than neurotypical people. Um, then there's also executive functioning demand avoidance. So what we just spoke about, if you have problems with your executive function, you might avoid tasks because you find them too uh, challenging or too demanding and uses up all your resources. And then there's also uh, fear of failure. So um, if you have low self-esteem or you just feel really, really bad when you fail, you'll try and avoid it. Um, and I try and avoid that kind of thing by being really, really good at everything. And if I'm not really good at it, that's not, <laughs> that's not something for me. I won't even do it. Like, no, not doing that anymore. <laughs> like. Yeah. Like soccer, like mum always used to want us to be really sporty and play sport, and I'm not a team player. So to be like, that's not for me. I'm not doing it. Like, no. Yeah. I would do swimming. I'll do running. I would do anything that I'm not in a team of other people. It was too unpredictable for me to rely on other people to play a sport. I found it really frustrating. And then um, I'm not the greatest with my hand eye coordination either. So if it involves a ball, then probably no. But yeah. uh, prob- it probably looked like bratty behaviour to my mum, but very independent. I just never, well, because I struggled uh, with, I suppose you could call it confidence and being shy. It just never interested me, mm. like team sport. I don't know. It looked yeah. fun and I was like, oh, yeah, but it, ne- it was never enough for me to go, I want to join in. 
yeah, I want to be really good at that. Obviously, they, yeah, that's an autistic thing. I'm not really sure where that sits. But. <laughs> so there's those three <laughs> types of demand avoidance and then it's the next level kind of you're leveling up to pathological demand avoidance. So this is demand avoidance. Pathological yeah. means it's it's causing issues or distress in your life. Yeah. Um, so it's the demand that, not the activity, it's the demand. So what's going on inside of you that causes you distress and anxiety, um, like marked distress and anxiety. And there's different stages of avoidance too. So there's light avoidance. Most people engage in these kinds of things, neurotypical and neurodivergent people. There's distraction, there's procrastination, there's negotiation, there's excuses, and then there's masking. And then the next kind of level of that is strong avoidance. So this is retreating, um, and then it, this can also be role play or fantasy. It can be outrageous social behavior, uh, injuring yourself or incapacitating yourself, ridiculous yeah. excuses like over the top excuses, or outright <laughs> refusal. So that's like what I was saying before. Like, I'll just be like, no. Not, I'm yeah. not doing that. And then there is stage three, which is meltdown or shutdown. We talked about meltdowns in volume one, but this can be a part of your demand avoidance as well. Yeah. And it can be, yeah, physical, emotional harm to yourself mostly. can be to others. Most like children, sometimes children will hurt others. Um, yeah. Destruction of property, extreme exhaustion, uncontrollable crying, and then it can lead to depression and anxiety. And then so that's like... If you're experiencing that all the time with many different demands, that's kind of how PDA will um, present to you. So I'll talk, I'll kind of define it a little bit more. It's kind of hard to get your head around when you're first reading about it. But like PDA is like, it's a developmental disorder. So it can be part of your autism. I think other people like um, people with ADHD can also experience PDA. Uh, It can require different management than just simple ASD demands. Um, yeah. it's, it's lifelong. You can, it, it's characterized by like obsessively resisting everyday demands of life. Yeah. Um, they're often noted PDAs, um, ASD PDA is often noted to be more like charming or sociable than other people on the spectrum. And they appear oh. to have better like interactions socially. Um, and are less awkward than other children on the spectrum. But they're really led by their need to be in control. Yeah, I think um, um, they're, like, able to, from what I've read, yeah, they're able to, I wouldn't say smarter, but, like, analyse quicker. Yeah. So and because they need to be in control, they're, like, quite quicker. And they're, like, they're almost, toes. like, better at manipulating as well yeah um, a situation manipul- not necessarily in a negative sense just manipulation in order to function yeah and i'll read some positive aspects of pda as well but this is like what is pathological demand avoidance this is another oh, yeah. um this is another like definition of it it's considered to be part of the asd spectrum it involves some social and communication issues however People with PDA also are driven to avoid everyday demands. They experience high anxiety, a high intolerance of uncertainty, sociable, though sometimes it can just be like surface sociable, like it might like some yeah. depth. They'll often mask like other people with ASD. They are really comfortable in fantasy and role play. They have vivid imaginations. They're impulsive. They find emotional regulation really hard. 
they need um, very different accommodations than um, neurotypicals or people that aren't don't have PDA um, on the spectrum. Some positive aspects of PDA are like, like I said, they can be charming. They can be really resourceful. They can cut corners really quickly. Um, you know, they'll find the easiest way to do something or easiest way to get out of something. <laughs> um, really good at collaboration. They're adaptable. This is a short interruption to let you know that if you or a loved one is experiencing difficulty or is in need of more support, you can find me at maramacounseling.com. Be sure to check out the audio resources page also where you'll have access to a number of free resources that will help you to feel relaxed. Be sure to take advantage of my 20-minute free initial session. I am also on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Can't wait to work with you. Yeah, so there's lots of different things. So it's not like all bad, but you, it's, yeah, you just, you're just going to need some different strategies to uh, work with yeah, your people. help them, yeah. Um, sometimes they're really sensitive as well to criticism. Um, yeah. They might have like, they might appear to have a lot more potential than they show, like academically or um, yeah. otherwise. Yeah, so that's PDA in a nutshell. Um, yeah, so some other strategies to deal with PDA that are different to those that you'd use on um, a normal a- a- ASD spectrum strategies is like um, collaboration and respect, so involving them in things and making them feel in charge. Um, look underneath the surface behavior. Don't take things personally. Um, new starts every day. Uh, adapt when when their demand avoidance is. It can look different every day, so adapt with that. Uh, give clear reasons for your non-negotiable boundaries. Like you have to do this. Make sure you describe everything and explain it well. Pick your mm-hmm. battles, have natural rewards and consequences for behavior. So you're not always giving in to someone with PDA and letting them get out of everything or get what they want, but um, it let them experience those natural consequences. Like if they're it, – it's also about support too. So you don't just like not give them any support and then be like, well, that's because you didn't do anything and you wanted to completely avoid that. So that's why you failed that assignment. Like give them lots of support, but then also – it's a balance of letting them experience what happens when you don't yes. complete something. Um, yeah. Reduce or disguise your demands. So make them look like something else. Kind of make it fun. Like for my son, yeah. I used to want him to get a walk, walk faster. But if I just asked him or simply told him to walk faster, it wouldn't happen. He likes to dawdle. He likes to take in everything, which is really cute, but not when you're running late. So I used to make a game and like I would ask him to chase me. So then we're moving quicker. So we're like playing tag, but we're actually getting where I wanted to be faster, but it wasn't a demand. I wasn't yeah. bossing him around, if that makes sense. Um, make them feel useful. So um, give them, like my son really loves lists and crossing things off lists or being told that he's really helped me out and I've, I'm really grateful for his help, like lots of praise. Yeah. Um, 
ask them to show you how to do something. Like pretend you don't know. Yeah. How to do it. Um, use a calm voice. Don't put more pressure. It, creates, it increases the anxiety for the demand. That, that can be hard sometimes yeah. as parents. Well, yeah, well, with um, Marla, I often talk to him like in questions. Mm. Like he's two, but I'll say stuff like, oh, would you like to come and climb up on the seat and see if you can sit here? And he'd be like, oh, yeah. But if I go, can you come sit up and eat? He'd just be like, nah. And yeah. like walk off. So I, I often try and yeah, switch it to a question or give him an option so he feels yeah. like he's in control. Yeah, and then it's like, yeah, they can choose whether they want to or not. It's not like they're being told to and then the only option is yeah, out and not do it or do it. Yeah. Um, another thing you could do is role play um, or the last thing is like um, model the behaviour you want them to do, so show them yeah. what's expected and always do that yourself. Um, yeah. Yeah, so... Those are different strategies with PDA. So hopefully that's helpful. Um, if you need more info on that, I think we could probably talk about that at another time or just, yeah, ask any questions you have about anything. That's fine. You can. Yeah, and you probably have some graphics you'll do up for it anyway, which should be. Yeah, and um, there's actually a really good resource with PDA and her name's Sally Cat. If you just Google like Sally Cat PDA, she has yeah, heaps. Yeah, they are good. She has heaps of memes and infographics. I think she might even have a Facebook page, but she's got a website and lots of memes about PDA and it's really helpful. Uh, I'm pretty yeah. sure as a female, I think, um, I think her herself, she herself has PDA and her daughter. So it's really good for females as well, but she'll also cover like what it looks like in everybody. Um, and then yeah. there's another, there was another, um, another resource as well. I think it was... A UK resource. Let me try and see. Yeah, I, I think I remember that. There's a PDF as well. Um, oh. But, yeah, if you type in PDA, lots of things will come up. And you, you pathological demand awareness as well. This has been part two of Volume 3, Conversations about ASD with Johnny Chiara. I have split this conversation for ease of listening. And part three will be available shortly. This concludes this episode of the Be Light, Shine Bright podcast from Maramar Counseling. I'm Pakala Kiara and I hope you enjoyed listening today. Keep your eyes peeled and your ears ready for more episodes in the future. And remember, be light, shine bright. Until next time.